All right, here we go. So welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. Uh, you know, we here again, and we have another special guest, another uh, coach, high school coach that we came across. And, you know, it would be cool to, you know, we've been talking to uh, different people around Houston about, you know, their life, about, you know, how soccer, you know, is connected to their life. And I was able to find Julio here, who actually coaches uh, the the high school team that I went to. So, you know, it's pretty, pretty interesting, pretty cool. So I wanted to get, you know, his perspective, the way that he sees soccer and, you know, just kind of all that high school coaching, uh, you know, experience and all, you know, all the stories that come out of there. So once again, thank you, Julio. How you doing, man? Oh, we're good, man. Another day. Uh, blessed to be here. Appreciate you letting me hop on here, man. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So yeah, let's go. Let's just go ahead and get started. Let's go from like the beginning, beginning of, of Julio, you know, so oh, you know, tell me, you know, tell me a little bit about, you know, where were you born? If you were born here, where your parents from and, and you know, the whole life of when did soccer come into your life as, as a kid or, or young man or whatever, whenever it came in? Um, so my mom's a Salvadorian, uh, dad's Guatemalan been around this area like my whole life the katie area uh uh my dad was the first one that got me into soccer and i mean i hated it at first because he made it to where like like he's typical latino dad you don't score there's a punishment you know you pass the ball there's a punishment so like i remember growing up man eating a lot of eggs and onions and still hate onions <laughs> i was always like a passer a facilitator i never i'm i don't know man for me it's I never really liked to be the goal scorer. I don't really like that much attention or or people like to, to notice me. Same thing for my coaching. I mean, that's the same style I have. It's, it's not about me. It's about those dudes. So that's like, I mean, I love the game. Uh, avid watcher. I mean, today I watched Tottenham Arsenal. Like, what a battle. I mean, if any time the game's on, man, it, it, I'm watching it, you know. So that's like, uh, I mean, it's, it's a huge part of my life. You know, it's taught me. Um, every life lesson I can think of. I mean, where else in life do you, you get knocked down over and over again and, and you make the choice to stand up and fight? That's what I always try to tell these kids is that you fight on that field. So uh, as a kid, you know, growing up, did you play, did you happen to play like club team or, or club soccer or stuff like that, like in, high, in school? It was all Sunday league, man. All Sunday league. <laughs> you couldn't afford that not not club man so yeah. it's just it's different man like i feel like nowadays there's there's a club to the club or it's just so diluted like because growing up i mean it was like you were either like houstonians albion rush yeah played sunday league or that's about it <laughs> like uh but nowadays man there's like so many clubs out there it's the cool thing is to see how many kids are interested in the sport because we always take like the back door or we're like that awkward cousin or we're that sport that, you know, people always have those common misconceptions or, or, you know, they think we're, we're not tough, but I don't know, man, you step on that field, man. It's tough out there. It's like, it's, it's hard. So I'm interesting to know about, about these Sunday leagues. Cause I, you know, I grew up also, you know, I play, I played club, but also like my dad, you know, my uncles, they played, uh, they played here in the league on uh, on Cullen Biker Park. Cypress, Cullen Park. Yeah, yeah man, and, everybody played Cullen Park. And man. that one, that one used to get you know, used to get heated, used to get wild. Oh, uh, so one, you got stories from there? Oh my god, that one! But probably like one of the craziest stories I have is like from um, we used to play like off of like 
Clay Road and Bellway Eight kind of area. There's yeah, like know, a, there's like I a know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that place, man. That's probably one of my craziest stories. Like, uh, like some of us from high school like made like a team out there once, and um, our high school coach had a son, and he was pretty good for his age. He was a lot younger than us, but he was pretty good. And his dad wanted him to, you know, like toughen up and start playing out there, and and you know, like. Cause you know, it's different when you play with men than when you play yeah. with kids your age, you learn how to take some hits and, and you learn how to play quicker, faster. Cause if not, you're going to get laid out. So uh, we take them out there and I'm not even kidding, man. After the first half, like it, it breaks loose. It gets wild, man. Like punches start throwing and, and things <laughs> like that. And like me and my friend, like grab our high school coach's son and it's a full on, like everybody's on the field. Like it's a rumble. And, uh, uh like we grabbed him and then like we we were, were running and then i turn around and we lose him and he's trying to get into the action we're like oh crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey man that's not our fight man get out of there like but um like i've always said that even even when i play nowadays uh when people start fighting or, or throwing hands or pushing i'm always like man i gotta work tomorrow i'm not trying exactly. to get hurt exactly. like, i'm not trying to have a bruised freaking eye or face or something man i'm not trying i'm not about that life anymore so. I feel you. I, I'm the same way. But, you know, just in case if the listeners are, you know, do you, if you're not from like West Houston, you know, these these two places that we're talking about, they're pretty they're pretty big here in the west side of Houston, especially yeah. that that Cullen Park one. There's like what, eight, like six, seven fields or something like that. Oh, yeah. And, and every awesome. Sunday, every Sunday, you know, it gets packed out there. Like I remember going in as a kid and then kind of growing up and my dad was like, you know, you want to play? And I was like, dude, I'm like 13, but let's do it, you know. But you know that, like you said, that's where you get, you know, your your stripes, you know, to it to start playing with the with the big men. Yeah, you but, learn uh, a style of play, man. You learn a yeah. style. So tell me about your your high school days. Did, did you happen to play in high school? How was your high school experience? Because we're kind of we grew up almost at the same time. Uh, obviously, my high school days. I, I grew up, I went to a different, like a rival school. I remember playing yeah. in high school. I hated more wrench where you went. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, uh, uh, we were taught to hate everybody, man. Um, our high school coach was really, really big on like the psychological aspect. of. It. So, I mean, he made us hate red, blue. I mean, you were only like, it's the same kind of stuff I do. You're only allowed to wear certain colors in the locker room. I mean, high school soccer was, I mean, it's awesome. Like we kind of created a brotherhood at Morden. And uh, it's kind of interesting because uh, the guy they just made head coach was our goalie back in the day. Oh, so, yeah, it's interesting because, like, hopefully he brings that, like, pride and brotherhood and, and stuff like that back. Because, I mean, back in the day, we I mean, Taylor was also really good. I remember that. Taylor Taylor had some ballers, especially my, my sophomore year. They had some really good players. Um, but, like, in my junior year, too, they had some really good players, 07. But, like uh, – I'm really hoping that he brings Zach back because what made us always so good, like, yeah, we had good players and, and we had some, you know, like ballers, but we were just so close, man. And that's something that I think, I mean, you even see it on like the pro level, like the closest teams, the guys that care about each other, they stick their neck out. They're willing to go that extra mile, like um, lay that leather out. Like those are the teams that, man, they're, they're tough to beat. I mean, you look at Liverpool, man, those guys love each other. You look at Real Madrid, like, man, like, you can't tell me, man, those Real Madrid guys don't love each other. I hate, I hate to say <laughs> that's not my team, man, but what they're doing right now, that's special, man. Like, you could tell Vinicius, uh, Militao, 
Casemiro, Modric. I saw a video of them all like doing free kicks and they're all laughing and joking. And I feel like that's what we had at Morden. It's just everybody was just so close, man. And we had a coach that did a really good job of bringing us together. And it wasn't just about one guy, you know. And I think those are like the special groups. He made it like uh, to where everybody mattered and everybody was like a part of the process. Everybody was a part of the journey. And um, I think like, I mean, back in the day, we had like an incredible run. We had a uh, we had just started the school and we had a tradition of always making playoffs and, and things like that nature. Even my senior year, we almost blew it. We almost didn't make playoffs. Um, and we were able to make it at the end. But I mean, it's just like basically that fight we had for each other. And I think that that's something I try to teach these guys at Taylor is that, man, every day, I mean, it's a battlefield out there. You got to fight for each other, man. Like I always say this, this is probably the most competitive district I was, I was ever a part of like those every night, man, like you, you show up and it's like Tompkins is going to kick your butt tonight. Oh, and then guess what? You got Cinco the next game. And then guess what? You got May Creek who they got all the, 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 the Cullen Park, Bear Creek ballers. They got right. Big Creek, man. Back in the day, Big Creek, you didn't mess around with Big Creek, man. They had all the ballers. They had the Dynamo players. Man, they had – they had man, Big Creek was stacked. Big Creek and Cinco were stacked back in the day. But, so yeah. tell, tell me about your transition, you know, out of those high school days into maybe like college and then getting into the coaching part. You know, how, how was that transition for you? So like uh, – when I was at when I was at college, one of my jobs made me volunteer at the YMCA, and um, it's crazy because that's where the soccer thing started. Like, and I basically had to coach like a U seven kids team, and these kids knew nothing about the game, but they were just adorable, man. And like teaching them like how to stop on the ball, like how to roll the ball with their with their lace or with their not their laces, wow, with their with their studs, how to how to drag and pull things like that, how to do like a little scissors, step over, cut, step over, cut, little rollbacks, man. Like things like that is like, I don't know. It felt like, like fun and rewarding because you're teaching somebody how to do something and you're teaching someone how to enjoy the game. Now, we didn't win a lot, but we had like the <laughs> most fun. Man. Like I always tell those kids, man, when you score, you just celebrate, like you won the world cup. And we had one kid that was like, man, he was like, he was like meals on wheels, man. But every time he'd take his shirt <laughs> off and just come running, I'd be like, dude, I love that kid with it. Like, and he'd have like a little America jersey under his. And it's just, it's cool, man. Seven years old and you already got a team and you're just enjoying your life. But that's kind of when I realized like, man, I, I like this coaching thing. It, it's interesting. Like it's fun. And then from there, like uh, I, I kind of came over here to, to Cypress Lakes High School and I worked there for about five years on I always say that guy's one of the dudes that taught me a lot about the game. There's two guys, I say. One's uh, Freddie Sanguinetti, my high school coach. Taught me, like, the defensive side, the, the discipline side, and, and um, how to play tough. And then Franklin taught me, like, combination play, possession, Franklin Cartagena, um, how to, like, uh, how to go forward with the ball, how to attack, how to be more dynamic in open space and, I think that like, uh, those two guys, like philosophy kind of like, you know, taught me how to play this game or, or coach this game. So like at Cy Lakes, you know, we had, we had like a bunch of like Hispanic kids, man. And they could play, man. We had some kids that they can really like, you get, you know, man, those Latino kids, they could not yeah. <laughs> like, and it was just so fun to see, like teaching those kids, like, 
you know, how to psychologically not take yourself out the game and just play. Play for the love of the game and, and passion. And it was fun to, to develop kids like that. And, and um, you know, Franklin, was, he's a great coach, man. He's awesome. I don't know if you've ever kept up with Sy Lakes or that guy's made the playoffs like 12 years straight in a row. So I mean, over there, like, man, we had some baller ballers, man. And it was fun. So to go from that to Taylor, where I think it's like not the same dynamic. We got less Hispanic kids. You got a little more white kids, but you got kids from all over. Um, there's something I really did enjoy or like about coaching Taylor was the international aspect of it for the last two years, man. I mean, I got exposed to so many different kinds of food, man. That's why I'm 100% believe I can make like a thousand pounds while working there. It's because like, I got kids from Korea, man. And they, they'll bring me like the other day, one of them brought me some uh, Korean fried wings and they were phenomenal, phenomenal, man. And they're always bringing me snacks and, and things like that. I had a Japanese kid. I had a kid from Finland. Um, I had kids from Scotland, a kid from uh, England. Like we get them all, man. Uh, Serbia or, or Croatia. We had our Argentines. I'm still mad at, at my boy Ignacio. Never bought me the choripan or none <laughs> of that, man. I'm still upset at him. Like, <laughs> but like we have kids, Peruvians, Venezuelans, and it's just a cool like feeling. Like you got your Colombians. Um, just the different dynamic to have kids from from all over the world. And I think it was that diversity that that really brought us together. Just to be so open to to all the different different kinds of cultures. And, you know, that's one of the things I love about this game, especially like the club level, is that you have so many guys from different parts of the world. So many, like, I mean, you you break down any team. Like, you know, you break down, uh, let's say, Liverpool. You got the Colombian, uh, Luis Diaz up top now. You got Sadio Mane from, from Senegal. You got Mo Salah from Egypt. Jordan Henderson from England. Fabrino from Brazil. Van Dyke in the back. The Rock in the back from from the Netherlands, you got Tiago, freaking Spaniard, man. I mean, we can go for days, man. Yeah. And it's like that, that, that different, like, it's just I, like all those guys coming together. That's what soccer is about. doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter your background, your ethnicity, your, your problems. Like once that ball hits the pitch, it's just 11 guys trying to figure out one problem, how we put that ball in the back of the net. You know, and that, that's, to me, that's special, man. I don't think there's another sport that really, like, symbolizes or, or produces that kind of product where it's just so many international people, so many different countries, origins, like, coming together to play one sport. I mean, can you think of a sport that does that? Not really. Not, no, not really. Basketball, I mean, most of them are from America. Yeah. You have some Spaniards, you have some, maybe some Brazilians, some Argentinians, and some Africans, but other than that, they're, they're mainly Americans. Baseball, yeah. you got your Dominicans and, and, and your Japanese and Venezuelans, and but most of them are Americans. NFL, like they're all American. Yeah. So it's cool. Like, that's what you gotta you gotta respect about soccer, man. It's it's a beautiful thing, it's a beautiful sport. So let me let me dive in a little deeper into into like your coaching from like side lakes to uh to Taylor. Cause I imagine at Side Lakes you were you were maybe assistant coach over there. Yeah, JV coach, yeah. JV coach, okay. So how, tell me, you know, cause and then at Taylor you were head coach, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So tell me what like the different dynamics of of maybe being a JV coach. Cause I talked to uh to Bruno, who is an assistant coach at uh at um Oh man, Royals and uh, 
man, Berkshire. I'm blanking out. But yeah, Berkshire, my bad. Royal, uh, yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, a different dynamic there from from being like, I think they're a 4A school. Obviously, these schools are probably 6A because of the, the number of, of kids in the school. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, you know, being, being a head coach, obviously, it's a different role than being an assistant coach. So, because obviously in the JV level, maybe you're still teaching more than, you know, not, I don't know if basics, because obviously the kids know how to play, you know, have an idea of what soccer is, but maybe you're, you're kind of like fine tuning the details and, and then maybe like in a, in a varsity uh, style, it's more of kind of like coaching. And I don't know if maybe those can flip flop, but you know, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, so can you tell me more of, you know, what was your role as an assistant? And then we can talk about what was your role as a, as a head coach. So, um, Something I always like enjoyed about like Cartagena style was that, or at Cy Lakes is that, you know, I was kind of like just as important as like any other coach. I mean, like I'd help make game plans, you know, I'd watch film, uh, scout opponents. Um, I think like, it, but the thing that like I think makes the assistant coach so more special is you get to develop like closer relationships with the players because like, you know, like you're more seen as like, as I wouldn't say their buddy, but approachable. Whereas the head coach, you know, he has to, he's the, he's the head guy. And, you know, like what he says goes, he's authoritarian figure and things like that. So I think it's kind of, sometimes it's difficult for players to open up or, or to talk about things, but man, like I do love being an assistant. It was probably one of the most fun I had is like developing kids. That's something I, I love. So even at, at Taylor, man, I still train like the freshman team and, and work them out like every day. For me, it does. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I enjoy that aspect of the game, like developing kids. So at Cy Lakes, like every year, I'd lose like two, three, four players to, to varsity, just developing them and getting them moved up. And that's something I always took pride in was that like developing players, like getting them to, to, to realize their potential. I'm not saying I made players. I don't believe in that, but getting them to realize their potential and the greatness in them. Because uh, I think like if you were destined to play at a certain level, you're, you're destined to play. You know, sometimes you just need that push, like, like that dad pushing you in the deep end so you learn how to swim. So, I mean, uh, and as far as like, you know, I think sometimes that's like a, a misconception is like that, you know, varsity goes more into detail or, or things like that. I do the same thing with the freshman I do with the varsity. It's just they do it faster and tidier or, or more accurately or more precise. Um, because I remember, like, my, my first year at Taylor, man, we uh, – something I decided to do was keep all the freshmen together. And, and it ended up paying off in the long run. But um, whatever I did with those kids, I did with the varsity group. And it was just, like, to create, like, the same ideology or, or concept of the game. You know, we want to we want to possess the ball. And if we, we're not in possession, we want to high press and win it back. And those that's the same way I played at Cy Lakes. Like I love that 3-5-2, man. Oh, but the thing about the 3-5-2 is you got to have the right pieces. If if you don't have those three studs in the back yeah. that hit a 4 4 40 or, or they're built like a like a brick wall, you can't run it. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly. Cy Lakes, like I love that 3-5-2 because we didn't have the biggest guys, but we had like smart guys. That, that knew how to play angles and things like that. And we always played that. Like, I don't know. Like, I like that traditional aspect of, like, two forwards. Like, I love that concept. Like, 
you know, like you got two playmakers, like up to, or two finishers up top, and you got that 10 right behind them, just sliding them in, like, like looking for that through ball or, or that 10 that could shoot from distance. Like, I love a number 10, man. You get a, you get a solid number 10, he breaks or makes your team. Man. And, and it sucks because I feel like the game, like, the more modern it gets, the more it's starting to move away from that 10. But um, I love like, like working at Sly Lakes with those kids and things like that. Cause as the, the JV coach, I don't know, man, you just get put in so many different situations that, um, that like you just get to bond with everybody. You have your own team and then you, you also bond with the varsity guys. So it's just, it's, it's cool. Cause it's not just about one team, but, um, because you get to to develop those guys for the future and get them thinking the right way. Like you get them working on like as JV players, you get them working on discipline, working on um, you know, um, that first touch, playing fast, uh, looking before you receive things like that. I mean, you start polishing that. So by the time they get to varsity, they're 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 ready, man. That, that's the end goal. I think every JV coach, your end goal should always be to get those guys ready for, for varsity. Like you shouldn't want to keep players. If that makes sense. Like that, that should not be the end game. You shouldn't want to hold them back. You want to progress, progress, progress. So I always looked at it like, man, like, like he took another player. That's great. Now I got to find like another plug next guy up. So that was always my philosophy for JV is next guy up, next guy up. We're ready to bring the next guy up. And I think, uh, I mean, I love the way Carter played. Like, I love his drills, like the combination play, the the possession. He's a really, really good coach. He's got his A license. He was a really good guy to, to learn under. So very rewarding. And then as the head coach, I mean, the biggest difference I can honestly tell you is that it's all your fault. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you lose the game, it's your fault. As the JV coach, like, you know, like you lose a JV game. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, but who cares? It's not the end of the world. But you lose a varsity game, now we're talking playoffs. Yeah. Now we're talking uh, angry parents about playing time because, you know, everybody wants their baby on that field. Everybody wants them under the, the 730 lights. So I think the pressure is is immense. Like, it's so much different from, from JV to varsity. Like, because, I mean, varsity, it's all eyes on you, man. Like, you know, yeah. like, it, it's tough. Like, you can't – you got to be – the guy that wears multiple hats, you know, you got to be the the disciplinarian. You got to be the the dad. You got to be the the friend. You got to be the the discipliner. Like it sucks, man. Like, <laughs> you got so much to do. Like I mean, if if I could walk you in a day of my life in my shoes, it, it's insane. Like I mean, you gotta like because I've coached club too. And I, I love club. It's awesome. Like you get to bond with those kids. But man, at high school, you know those kids on like a different level, man. Like there's kids that, you know, they go home and they're not eating right. You know, there's, there's not that much food at the table. You go, you have kids that, you know, they, they practice with you until five 30, they, they go home change. And then they got to work until like 12 or one at night. That was like one of my starting center mids, man. Every night had to go wash some dishes at a sushi place. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy, man. Like you start seeing like, you know, like kids that show up late, you got to hold kids accountable for their grades. You got to, you know, and it's just, you just see a different thing. Like as the head coach, you got to be on top of like 65 kids at once and, and maintain that order and discipline. Cause for me, discipline's huge. If we're not disciplined and we're not on the same page and, and we don't believe, then we're not going to be successful as a team. Um, and it starts from the bottom. 
Uh, if you let the, the freshmen get away with stuff, then when they become seniors, they're going to still try to get away with that same stuff. So I always, always say that to like new head coaches is like you start from the bottom. If you start working with your freshmen, then it just it's going to pay dividends in the end because by the time they're ready for you, they already know what's expected and what they need to do and the style of play and the style or, or what you're trying to do with the program. Like, you know, we had like for, for me, I mean, we did a bunch of stuff. Like one of the things is like in our locker room, you can only wear blue, white, gray or black. No purple. <laughs> that's more than ranch. You know, yeah. psychologically you're trying to train them to like oh purple like we're ready to fight like let's go <laughs> no red no orange no no crimson for Tompkins no uh no maroon for Cinco and we have a lot of AM kids man it's upsetting yeah. <laughs> like they can't, bet. They can't wear that shirt in the locker room man so but it's like things like that um and, and things I always say like uh like one of my we have five rules and one of my rules like my favorite rule is you can always control two things, your effort and your attitude. So bring every day you bring me 110% effort and a good attitude, and we're going to have a good session. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's about, you know, working those kids. Uh, one of the reasons why I think we were so successful is because I, I got those kids to buy into hard work, you know, because we, we, we have been successful the last three years, you know, because kids want to work. And they want to get better and they want to push themselves. So and we had great leaders, um, great captains that, that really wanted to turn the tide and, and get things going in the right direction. Because, I mean, when I first got there, uh, the guys hadn't seen playoffs since 2014 Dang. and it was 2020, man. And it was it was rough. And that year sucked because we didn't even get to play a playoff game because of COVID. So that was like probably one of the worst parts. Uh, the next year. We, we lost in the first round in double overtime, and it was a hell of a game. But that game hurt because, like, uh, my, num my number 10, our stud, got COVID, man. <laughs> it was the worst. That kid had, like, 10 goals and, like, 18 assists that year. He was our dude. And we I think we scored, like, 44 goals that year. So he was our dude. <laughs> he was, like, he was the dude. So, um, and then this year, I mean, we, had, we were blessed, man. We had a really good year. Uh, we got to go to Austin, compete against a school from Dallas, uh, compete against a school from Austin. Um, it's just a cool experience, man. We got to take the guys on a charter bus. We got to do a whole hotel room. And, man, that was so stressful, like, having to check in on <laughs> 16, 17-year-olds, like, <laughs> making sure they're not doing anything crazy, wild. Like, but it's fun. It's so rewarding because those kids have, like, the best time in their life, like, uh, one of the coolest things was like we brought that uh, somebody at school made us the believe sign from Ted Lasso. Yeah. And uh, every time we, we'd step off the bus, man, we'd slap that thing like they do in the show. Yeah. And every time we'd come <laughs> back on, we'd slap that thing. And we ended up going 3-0 in that tournament. And uh, one of the guys put like 3-0 on there and everybody like held the sign up and started chanting. Just a cool like experience, man. Uh, then district. Oh. Man, if, if it was competitive when we were in high school, I think it's way more competitive now, man. It's it's a nightmare. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, like, with our schedule, like, you open up with Morden, and I don't care what anybody says. Morden can bring a game any day of the week. They can give you a headache. They got some ballers. They got some solid coaches over there. Um, and then you get the real nightmare. You go to Seven Lakes and you get humbled because <laughs> those guys are legit, man. <laughs> 
those guys are legit. And after you wake up from that knockout, like this is our schedule. You got to wake up and you got to go play um, Tompkins, another regional powerhouse. So after you get two peeps over there, like you got to get back up and play Maid Creek. That is not fun, man. Those guys, they got some super technical players over there. Uh, they have this freshman kid. Man, he's a baller. Like he's a kid that like, like I think any coach would love to have. Uh, Daniel Solario, really good player. I think he's going to do some special things like in the district in the near future. And then you, you go on and guess what? Now you got to play um, Cinco Ranch and they are a huge headache. They got a special player, special forward up top. This kid named Danny, the kid can score goals, man. Just like a threat. And then you go to Katie and I don't care what anybody says. Katie can still any, uh, that's the beauty of the sport, man. Like any night you can get humbled. It doesn't matter who you are. You see it all the time. I mean, even what was it? Liverpool lost the other day or, and, or tied. And like now their title jeopardy or title hopes yeah. are in jeopardy. Like yeah. it happens all the time, man. Like this is that sport where upsets, anything can happen. I mean, Barcelona getting knocked out by, by, by Frankfurt. Like I hated my life that day. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it sucks, man. Like it's that one sport. I mean, like you got what Croatia making it to the 2018 world cup final. Yeah. And, I mean, they have players, but you don't you don't expect stuff like that, man. It's that yeah. one sport that anything can happen, man. It's just ah, it's a headache. So what I always tell our guys is like we're going to if because if, I always believe we're not as skilled or technical as a lot of the teams in the district, but we will be disciplined and we will run. So some of the things we do is we run like dogs, like. I think I, I got that from like um, my high school coach in Liverpool because they're they're the team that runs the most before the the Premier League. So we run like crazy, man. Like, um, but a lot of it's with the ball. But that's something I believe in as a coach is that we're gonna press you hard. Uh, we're gonna meet you high up there, and we're gonna try to get you to make a mistake in your half so we're close to your goal. Um, I mean, three things I believe in is like pressing high, um, possession, and. Uh, I'd say uh, countering, I mean, countering. So, like, I guess the fourth thing would be defense. The last mm-hmm. years, we had the best defense in the league. Uh, last year, we only allowed 12 goals, and then this year, 14 in district play. So, that's like 12 games. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really not – or, no, it was 10 and 12 because we allowed a goal a game this year. So, it's not, it's not bad at all, man, but – it's tough when you're playing ballers like seven legs. It is tough. <laughs> like, I've, I've so, heard. <laughs> like we always like, man, like we go through like an in-depth PowerPoint, like, like something I always said, like when I first got the job at Taylor, because, you know, like talking to a lot of other coaches and, and people is that the psychological aspect or mentality was weak, man. Like these kids, like, oh, we're playing Cinco. Oh, we got to play seven legs. Oh, we got to play Tompkins. And it's changing that mindset from like we're like a pushover team and now we're a contender man we are a contender so if there's anything i think we were able to do in my three years of being there is from going from like um like powder puff chumps to like a regional powerhouse because we finished like eighth in the region that's not that's not too bad six in the district when i first got there to eighth in the eighth in the region so it's it's fun man fun let me do 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, man. So you were obviously you were talking about your whole scheduling and how difficult it is. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, uh, like, kind of a little bit more specific. So how does a, you know, an assistant coach like like you at that time at Side Lakes gets you know that head coach uh, position at Taylor? And also as a head coach, how is it that you get to pick your players? Obviously, because I imagine, you know, you have a bunch of guys come out, uh, you know, for tryouts. I remember when I was there, you know, a bunch of guys will come out and I'm sure it gets difficult. You know, I, I like I said, Bruno over there, at Brookshire, obviously he has a smaller pool, but, you know, you having a, a bigger pool and a lot more guys coming out. How do you decide, you know, as a head coach, you know, maybe this guy, maybe this guy, what do you look for, you know, in these young guys? Okay. Uh, so, I mean, like the, I think like from going from a JV coach to head coach, a lot of trial and error, like you gotta throw your, your, your name out there, you know, um, try your best. Uh, cause it sucks, man. I got turned down like six times. Still remember every school. <laughs> Shout out and, to all of them. <laughs> yeah. But we, we played all those schools and, except for uh, Legum Creek. But, I mean, hey, they hired a really good coach over there, too. The guy's doing some great things. He's won district two times the last three years. I mean, he's doing incredible things, too. I can't hate on that one. He's doing a great job. But um, you got to be willing to, to kind of stick your name out there and, and get lucky because I think I got lucky at Taylor. Um, the guy at the time had quit, like, last minute, and they were, like, desperately looking for, for someone. And um, – I think I just uh, – it, it was a crazy story, man. I always say it's the craziest story. So I used to have, like, your typical, uh, I'd say, like, tool soccer player mullet with uh, the braid in the back. <laughs> like, when I worked at Lakes, I had all that, the, the comb over, the, the business in the front, party in the back. And uh, <laughs> uh, I was at uh, – I, I drove with my high school coach to take his son to the Creighton ID camp. And – like he had told me that, hey, Taylor High School is open if you're interested. And and he knew I had aspirations of being a head coach and and things like that. And he's one of the guys that always supported me and pushed me. He's like a father figure to me. That guy, awesome guy, uh, Freddie Sanganetti, man. He was the morning coach, went on to coach the girls at Cinco for a long time. And he actually coached the guys at Cinco the last two years. I actually had a coach against him, and that was not fun. That was uh, two butt whoopings and a tie. I'll take that. <laughs> like, it was like, I'll say that, man. Coaching against someone that's like your dad is not fun. Because it's like, uh, I remember, like, after our, our our second game against each other, we're, like, like storming the field at the final whistle, like, like telling each other off. And then, like, like at the, the half field, like, just yelling and ripping at each other. Hey, what about this? What about that? And then an hour later, we meet up at his house and hug it out. So, <laughs> but it's just, oh, man. But he's one of the guys that, like, pushed me to do it. Like, uh, kept telling me, like, because, you know, after you get rejected or turned down, you know, it's not a very good confidence booster. I'll say that. So, and this is from someone that's, that's pretty confident. You know, I've always been confident in the things I've done. But when someone tells you, like, no, you're not good enough, it kind of, you know, it kind of demoralizes. It so. Yeah. 
if there's advice I'd give someone, it's like, just keep throwing your name out there. You know, you never know. You never know. So we're driving to Creighton. We're in Omaha. And the AD at Taylor calls me. And he's like, hey, we'd like to interview you on Monday. And we're in Omaha. Like, it's a 14-hour <laughs> drive, man. Like, and the, the camp gets out Sunday night. So, you know, um, we're over here scrambling, trying to figure out what we're going to do. And they ended up ending the camp, like, I think, like, at noon. So we're like, if we leave now, we'll get back home with, with stops and everything around 2 or 3. You know, you'll have, like, four hours before the interview. And then it was 8 a.m. interview. <laughs> you get a four-hour sleep and then um, be refreshed and ready to go. So we started driving back. And by the time we get to Dallas, I'll never forget this, the craziest storm, like just ridiculous, man, just pouring so hard. And we're literally driving 20 miles, 30 miles per hour, wow. like a whole 45. We get back to Houston at like 6.30. So, like, it's literally, like, we get to his house, I get in my car, I take, like, a 30-minute nap, a shower, <laughs> put on my suit, and go to Taylor and, like, interview. But I'll say, like, uh, Freddie prepared me the whole way for the there and back while, while driving, like, asking me questions that they would ask me and, and things like that and getting me mentally and ready and everything. And I remember, like, after that interview, like, I went straight home and just knocked out and I woke up to a phone call saying like, Hey, we're going with you, man. I was like, man, that's great. Probably one of the best decisions I'll ever make. So, I mean, that that's really how it happened. It says a lot of trial and error, man, because you got to put your name out there and be willing to get told no or, or rejected, but you can't lose faith or confidence. And you got to have people that support and believe in you. Cause I mean, without that, I mean, it's tough. So, and then I'd say like picking players and things like that, uh, man, it's tough. Like, cause even at Cy Lakes and at Taylor at tryouts, you have like a hundred, 110 kids come out and they all think they're the, the next coming of Diego Maradona or, <laughs> or Messi or Ronaldo or something like that. And, I mean, you know, like, uh, always try to evaluate kids on like the four things USA soccer like believes in you know like the, the physical aspect you know like the physical side of the game are they somewhat athletic you know and they don't have to be because you know there's four other boxes but you know like are they are they strong are they fast are they quick um and then you got like the psychological side of the game you know how well do they take getting hit and get back up do they have an attitude uh are they are they a hard worker? Are they are they willing to take a hit? Um, the tactical side of the game, how's their touch? Or sorry, not their touch, but their their mind. Do they see the lanes? Do they do they read the game? Or are they closing the angles? Are they are they able to to recognize when to press, when to step, uh, when they should cover, when they need to provide balance, when they need to slide, um, when they need to make the extra pass, when they need to just take the shot, or even the technical side? How's their first touch, man? Is it, is it if I give you the ball, are you going to stop it? Or is it a brick wall that's just going to come back to me? Like, you know, like how's their, their ability to, to dribble? Are they dribbling with the laces or with the, the big toe? That's the big one. If they, or are they dribbling with the inside <laughs> of the foot or the outside of the foot? Yeah. You know? Just so things like that, you really have to be aware. And, and, and the good thing I'll say is that for tryouts, I mean, you know, you were in high school, like you have the soccer period. So you get to see yeah. a lot of those kids throughout the year and, 
you kind of know I wouldn't say like know who your varsity is like at tryouts I mean you kind of do but um by that time like people that show up to tryouts they're just like uh the guys that should come in and surprise you or they're, they're trying to fight for like you're trying to see is this guy better than what I have in the period and if he is like I remember my first year we we picked up a stud man at tryouts he was a guy that wasn't in the period he was a senior but absolute stud like I believe that if it wasn't for this guy we don't make playoffs my first year <laughs> like <laughs> Chance Arnie the kid can ball man and I still keep in touch with him still contact that guy all around good kid but sometimes you find those hidden gems man like yeah. my first year there we had a kid that just moved in from Venezuela and happened to be on their like uh like U15 national team pool this the stud but his problem was like this like if you didn't pass him the ball or or he didn't score things like that he'd get emotional or upset or you know and, and other coaches started seeing that so they'd start giving him little love taps and next thing you know Julio's out the game so yeah. it's just like and and we've always been blessed uh, to have like a decent pool of players that want to work hard so like you know one of my best players this year Stefano man like just absolute workhorse has the technique the tactical ability absolute baller like he's been with me ever since I was first there all three years he's been with me on varsity and he's a guy that um didn't start his first year but played about 50 60 minutes coming off the bench just like plug him in wherever I need him and um it's kids like that like just he's a guy that I can honestly say help me change the program with his like leadership ability and qualities because he's a guy and, you, and his mom always says this like that he said that after his first year of high school he was going to make changes and, and make sure that Taylor was more successful and I don't know I just happened to come by that year and and you know we we did a lot of really good things and he's a guy that he was our number 10 this year our captain and phenomenal year but ended up getting hurt towards the end um like wasn't able to move the same but still like absolute baller like he scored a banger against jersey village i sent you that banger video yeah he's yeah, the yeah. one that like it went through someone's legs and like he just like turned and ripped it upper 90 back post but the kid was just a baller like it's kids like that 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 make it so rewarding that make it make you want to go to work because it's like if this kid wants to work then i want to work my butt off for him and there's something i believe in as a coach it's that you got to get your players ready um, I mean, like, I believe that preparation prevents failure, man. So like, like I said, like on game days, we're watching PowerPoint or not PowerPoint, not watching them, but we're going through a PowerPoint that talks about like, what are our strengths are as a team, what we need to do offensively to, to have success today, what we need to do defensively to have success, what the other team's going to do to us offensively, what their tendencies are offensively what they do defensively, what their defensive tendencies are, their shape, their formation. How do they, they get like when they, when they look to, to move forward, what's their, their change of formation? Are they going, you know, like, are they pushing wing backs up? Or are they pushing outside backs up? Do they have a guy that just anchors in there in the midfield and lets the other two guys. So we go, like, I'm telling you, man, some of these guys like that we play against, I could tell you like, 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 which which foot he puts on first man or which shoe he puts on first <laughs> like like what what does he step with his right foot first on the field if he does his left it's going to be a bad day so it's things <laughs> like that that you gotta you gotta know man you gotta know 
try to get you guys as successful as possible, man. So that's something like I watch a lot of film. Uh, yeah. yeah, you can tell. <laughs> a lot of film, like on the on other teams and things like that, man. You gotta watch film, like I mean, because it's something that even the pros say, like not even just soccer. Like I mean, you got guys like LeBron James and Tom Brady. What what do they always do? Watch film. Exactly. Watch film. Kobe. Watch film. So it's like, like, and thank God the district provides us with huddle and things like that, and um, you can like trade film or, or get film on other teams and and watch film and. And, and things like that but or or go to games like like uh during christmas break i don't schedule games i just go watch everybody else play like my guys think i'm just giving them vacation time but no it's you guys go <laughs> do what you're gonna do i'm gonna go watch everybody do else some play. scouting yeah. yeah exactly man scouting's huge Interesting. Like, yeah huge like i mean like that's where i get all the good notes man <laughs> like that's where like because yeah, you may be missing people, but that's when you're still trying things. And, and you can tell from, from watching teams play, all right, this guy's a baller. Like, yeah. there's no way he's not in the starting lineup. <laughs> and right then and there, you know, like, all right, this number 10's a stud or seven's a stud, and he only goes right. So what do we do? We stand on his right foot and, and make him go left. And for the God, for the love of God, like, make him go left. Like, <laughs> right. It's funny, like. Cause like in our PowerPoints, man, I wish you could see them. Like I put stuff like that. If you let him go right, I will bench you. <laughs> like I will take <laughs> you to the field and put you on the bench for the love That's of God. Crazy. Do not let him go right. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm over here anxious to see those PowerPoints, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, like it's just things like that, man. And we always put videos in there, like like hype up videos, like to get the guys like juiced up. Like I mean, like any given Sunday. I don't know if you ever seen that movie. Al Pacino no, is one of the best speeches in that movie, man. Uh, you gotta like after we get off YouTube that any given Sunday Al Pacino speech, like he gives one of the most juiced speeches. That man, that thing gets you going. Rocky, we always put on the Rocky, the 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 one he gives to his son, or even like Creed. Man, like uh, we got videos for days that juice you up, man. <laughs> so like it's always like because you always want to put them in the right mindset uh, yeah. of being like so like. I mean, this year, man, we had a stud that something that I could say Taylor's known for is defense and long throws. We got a kid that he could throw that ball like from the the 20-yard line, like on the on the touch line, all the way to the back post. Like phenomenal. But he's Egyptian. He's Egyptian. So these like Egyptian and Egyptian culture, man, they tend to show up late. You know, 545 (laughs) means you're here at 540 or you know. So he would have the problem of showing up at like 555, six o'clock, wake up late or, 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 you know, like uh, not get a ride or miss a ride. And, and it sucks, but I'm, I'm a guy that I stick by my guns, man. I, I'm not going to let, and I always tell the guys, I would rather lose my honor and, and dignity than, than let you guys run the show. Like, cause if you guys run the ship, we're going to crash. So um, he's a guy that we'd have to bench a lot or, or, I mean, there's times in district I, I sat him out the whole game against uh, Cinco Ranch first round, like sat him out the whole game because he could not show up on time. And it got to the point where like we changed our whole style home games, like instead of showing up at 545 and watching the JV play, we all stayed in my room after school. I brought my Xbox and my, my monitor and they would play FIFA or, or, or watch like some like uh, highlights or a game on the TV. But you know, it's things like that, like recognizing your clientele, like as a coach, like 
you know, this kid has a problem. And honestly, like, it's not that we need him to be successful, but we're a hell of a lot better team when he's on the field. So yeah. how are we going to make sure he's at the game on time? So, I mean, all the guys that bought in, like, they would, uh, they would bring their, like, pillows and stuff and take naps or, or hang out in the room or do homework and, and things like that. But, I mean, honestly, like, that was one of the things that – because round one, we went two and four, man. We, we had a rough time. It was pretty bad. Uh, we caught a four-game losing streak after going undefeated in, in preseason. Uh, we lost uh, Seven Lakes, 1-0, Tompkins, 2-0, Maid Creek, 1-0, Cinco Ranch, 2-1. And they're all close games, like very <laughs> winnable. It's just – like I remember Seven Lakes, we made the mistake of uh, of losing number seven. And seven was a really good player, sophomore. But the kid had wheels, super technical player. Got a good right foot, left foot. So we let number 10 turn and, and hit, hit this kid a pass. And 10 probably – I'd say top two players in the district. That kid, seven lakes, number 10, legit. Right foot, left foot, hits it from distance. Kid plays center mid, center back, attacking mid, forward. I've seen him do it all. And he's phenomenal. And, you know, the kid just gets a sweet one-on-one, dribbles our center back, slides it back post, and we lose. Tompkins, probably, like, the biggest meltdown of our lives. Like, I told those guys, for the love of God, do not give 10 or 8 a free kick. For love God, <laughs> what do we do all first half? Give them free kicks, man. Oh, Lord. <laughs> stupid foul after stupid foul after stupid foul. And I remember number eight bangs one in up uh, in the uprights, like uh, a foul, like probably three, four yards out the box, just bangs it in. Uh, then we go to Maid Creek and we lose 1 0. 23, they have a stud, man. The kid, I don't know if he's Italian, his name's Ethelo. I don't know what he is, but the guy could play, man. And he plays like left wing, but he'll slide in kind of like Messi and drop in and become more central, like a 10, like a true 10. Yeah. And like, they'll, they'll run like a three, four, three on you, but he'll come from the left side and come play like a little camp, man, that kid, like, and I tell the guys for the love of God, just force him left. <laughs> comes in on that right with his right foot, we're screwed. And that's how he scored. They, they hit like a, like a switch, full field switch. And uh, the wing back, the left wing back gets the ball and, and slides it into him and he fakes left. And I always tell the guys, to <sighs> drop his shoulder and pull it back to the right. And he did, sure enough, he did that and gets a, a shot first post and just slides it in, man. Damn. I can tell you every game, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, I can see. <laughs> like, like Cinco, I'll tell the guys, man, number nine, if he sees the goal, we're in trouble. <laughs> like, that's it <laughs> yeah he sees the goal we're in trouble and we let him see the goal on the first one uh my cdm held on the ball a little too long and they picked his cookies and they unleashed number nine and sees the goal slides it in and they score the first one and then uh the second one man it was heartbreak city like i told uh one of my center backs hey, do not let him turn just force him to play back i want you on his back like man mark him and that means yeah. if he uses the restroom you're going to the restroom too if he's talking <laughs> to the coach on the sideline you're you're the third man in the combo like and sure enough the one time he lets the guy turn like that was it he, he hits in a nice little chip through ball and uh, it's a finished back post and man. just like like it's crazy man you tell these kids and then round two we went five and one man we hey. beat Gordon, we beat seven lakes we got three piece by tompkins i don't like playing <laughs> in the stadium man we're, uh, we're a team that we're just we're not as fast as like uh, like some of the other schools. We're not as technical. So when you have a bigger field or bigger space, we're in trouble. 
and we just cannot cover like that Grom. And uh, so we played Tompkins at Rhodes, got three-piece. We woke up against Maid Creek, beat them 3-1. Um, we went back to to uh, um, Cinco – or, yeah, Maid Creek 3-1. We went back to Cinco Ranch, beat them 4-0. That was the first time I ever beat Cinco as a head coach, man. That was a crazy mm-hmm. night. Um, it was 0-0 until the last 10 minutes. And uh, – we wow. put in this Argentinian kid named Ignacio, and he ignited the comeback of a century, man. <laughs> like, like, we put in three goals in the last 10 minutes, and one of them was, like, probably the most beautiful combination counter I've ever seen us do. And then uh, absolute banger 10 minutes into the second half, and then we ended up beating Katie and clinch our playoff spot. And, and it was crazy to go from two and four to five and one. It was, it was crazy, man. Honestly, like, insane. Coming back. So uh, let me tell you this after, obviously you, you obviously know your team, you love your team. Um, what is, what is next for you, you know, as a, as a coach, what is next for you as a, as a person, obviously, you know, what, maybe what is next for for your team uh, at Taylor, obviously, you know, every year you have some seniors come out, you have the young guys come in. Uh, how are you, are you already planning those things or, or how does it work for, for somebody like you? Yeah, well, like this year, I decided to, to take a step back. Uh, Taylor's looking for like a, a new head coach right now. Okay. Just got like a lot going on, like, like personally, mm-hmm. things like that. A lot of like stuff, like with the family and things. So it was a tough decision to make. It was, it was very difficult. Uh, hurt a lot because if there's one thing anyone can say is I love those kids, man. Uh, yeah, you're invested. You can tell. Yeah, like I, I'll take a bullet for my kids. And, and they know that. It was hard, man. Like telling them to their face, lots of tears. Uh, there's one thing I always say is I won't cry in front of them. <laughs> like, I won't do it. Like, uh, you got it. You know what I mean? Like, as a as a man figure or a, an adult figure, you can't show too much weakness. But that was probably the most painful thing I've ever done. But I know they're in the process of looking. But if I was, like, still the head coach or, or like, going into next year, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, things we would do is, like, I mean, the off season. I mean, we start hitting it hard. Uh we usually like for me, I mean, it's usually like the guys know like Monday's conditioning Monday. And you know you're gonna get your bucket. You got parachutes, sleds, ladders, um, all about getting faster, quicker. And then Tuesday is like technical Tuesday, man. You already know we're gonna do lots of quick touches, lots of um, you know, like you got your ball drills, short passes, passing patterns, things of that nature. And then Wednesday is like possession Wednesday. Like we're, we're working on drills that just focus on possession, 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 possession. And then Thursday, we'll usually do some kind of finishing and weight room in the morning. So we usually hit like a 6 a.m. weight room. And if you don't go to the weight room, you don't get to, to take shots in the afternoon. So you always try to do it to where it's like rewarding. Come get this lift in and then you get to have fun in the afternoon. If not, you're going to run. So you got to make up for something, you know? Yeah. So then, and then Fridays, we always scrimmage uh always ended on a scrimmage and we film it so the kids can see it and and we try different things different formations um different guys so like whoever's hot is like you're you're starting 11 you know like the the dudes that are best in form you'll put as your 11 and then you're just throwing different teams like different like um guys that you think could give them a hard time in there and then you just cycle through the guys in the period until they either fall down or 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 you got two complete different teams in, but I always think it should be highly competitive. You know, you got to get the best guys out there because iron sharpens iron. 
And if you got the best 11 out there, they'll make each other better. And then the other guys, I mean, you know how it is to be the, you always want to be the guy on top of the hill. You always want to yeah. be the David that takes down the Goliath. So the other guys are going to bring their best game to take out the top 11. So um, for me, it's competition, competition. And then something I think really made us a lot better this year. That's kind of why I'm taking a step back is because, you know, it was just all year for the last three years, every month was some kind of soccer. So like we do mat camp and even in the summers, I didn't take a break, man. So um, you're allowed, like, it's called like sports specific instruction. So you're allowed like an hour Monday through Thursday to, to train like your guys. Uh, so we would do like mat camp, which is like uh, Mustangs uh, athletic camp. So guys coming in to, to be like soccer players or, or want to be in the period. So you got guys that are ninth, 10th, 11th, and then uh, kids incoming, like seventh, eighth, sixth graders coming in to work out. And we do more like things that, because we do like the four o'clock session and I'd focus on things that soccer players, I think need. So, you know, like we need back. You gotta, you gotta work out the back. Cause how do you hold people off? Yeah. You gotta have a strong yeah. back. Shoulders, focus on shoulders. Cause you know, like where are you going to get hit? A lot of shoulder to shoulder. So you got to have strong shoulders to hold guys off and um, core. You guys know, I mean, you got to have a strong core uh, chest. So we do like a lot of upper body and as soccer players, you know, the legs take care of themselves. We don't really need to like deadlift 12,000 pounds or squat 400 pounds. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, they take care of themselves with the running. Like, yeah. so, I mean, we do some squats or deadlifts, but mainly like upper body. And then working on speed, speed, speed. So we had our own little like uh, thing for Mac camp too, like uh, Monday upper body, Tuesday lower body, Wednesday upper body, Thursday would be like another upper body day. And uh, like, it'd be like a scrimmage day. Wednesday was futsal. If there's one thing I believe in, it's, it's futsal, man. Like, and we yes. use the, the futsal ball, like the, the heavy ball. The heavy one, yeah. Yeah, so like, even like a, uh, like the freshmen even have a pattern. So the freshmen are the only guys that get to play futsal. Like the upperclassmen are always jealous about that. But <laughs> just the way the scheduling works, like for fifth period freshman class, there's always a gym available. So Thursdays we go in there and we play futsal and it's a uh, five aside. Um, and it's just, it's interesting because some of these kids, man, they, yeah. they should tie, they shouldn't be able to walk and chew bubble gum, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's where, like, you you develop that touch, man. Like, short, exactly. small spaces. Like, guys coming at you quick. You got to learn how to move the ball or, or, or control the ball and, and facilitate or, or get that strong first touch and release or that shot from distance. So, And I like the heavy ball because it focuses on the touch. Like, there's no bouncing. Like, let's yeah. see that first touch. Let's see if you can dribble. Let's see you go into space and, and attack and, and create those imbalances, those, those, those 2v1s, those 3v2s. So... Um, for me, I love futsal, man. So in the summer, it's fun because everybody gets to play. So it's like you get your upperclassmen versus your freshmen and, and things like that. So I don't know. For me, like I, I always believed in like touching. You got to get the the touches on the ball, lots of touches. So I think that like if there's one thing we did do at Taylor, it's get the guys bigger and stronger and more technical because we're we weren't really blessed with the most technical kids. So. I don't know. Like, uh, I think for a coach, you got to have a game plan, man. You got to know what, like going into next season, like if I wasn't there right now, 
man, we'd be working on, or if I was coming back next year, we'd be working in the weight room. And because I don't think we'd really need to touch a ball, but we need to work in the weight room and we need to get faster because like uh, my JV coach did a really good job of developing the younger players. Um, so like they have good touches, they have good um, instincts on the ball. They can knock it. Um, they have a good idea of how to play the game, but the size isn't there right now. They need, and, and we all know, I mean, you, you need some kind of size to play this yeah. game. I mean, yeah. you need something. I mean, yeah, you could have a bunch of little chapados running out there, a bunch of little short guys, but if they if they can't hold their own, man, and you need speed. If you ain't got size, you need speed. Yeah. So that, that's something we're missing in both aspects, size and speed. So, um, But every coach, I mean, you have to really sit down and, and evaluate what's your team need. What, what do we need going into the season? So. I think that's something that Taylor will need is size and speed and, and things like that. So I think it's the coach's job to figure out what do we need to focus on? So. Well, that's a good tip for whoever's coming in. Man. Yeah. <laughs> you basically yeah. just kind of laid it out, <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. but, but Hey man, I, you know, I want to thank you so much for, for taking this time man, for, you know, sharing a little bit about your story, about, you know, the passion about, some of these, you know, ideas and technical things that, that you've done. I, I mean, you sound like a really smart guy. I'm over here, like <laughs> taking, you know, I'm over here taking notes, wanting to see all these PowerPoints, you know, uh, and you made me excited to, to maybe go watch, you know, some of these games, you know, when, when the season rolls around. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, do you have any, you know, a little, like a quick message to, to any of these maybe coaches or aspiring coaches that maybe want to, want to get into this, you know, for the love of the game or, or whatever it may be. Man, I'll say this. If you don't, if you don't love the game, man, don't, don't do it. You gotta love the game. It's, it's not one of those jobs that like the paycheck or, or the money's worth it. Cause it's, it's really not <laughs> like, but if, if you really want to like, if, if your heart's in the game and, and you love to, to help others and, and be a servant leader and, and help people get better. And because for me, it was always about building better people. Like, like, you know, like, hopefully these kids down the line will, like, use that discipline and and commitment and mental toughness to, to become better people. You know, that that's the end game. Like, for me, end game is graduation. It's not a district title or mm. winning a state championship or, or things like that. It's, 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 it's Aiden going to walk across the stage. Are we going to get Alex across? Are we going to get L.A. across the stage? Stefano, is he crossing the stage? So, you want them to be better people than when you found them. And if that's something that, that you, you can live by and you're okay with and, and you want to see, then yeah, get into the game, man. I mean, cause uh, if you just want to be a coach and you know, like, like you love the game then there's club, but if you really want to impact others and, and, and help these kids and mentor kids and, and facilitate their growth then yeah, high school is for you, man, because I mean, the paychecks aren't great, but the, the reward in the heart, it makes it all worth it man like these kids like there's some special kids out there and there, there's kids that that need people to to help them unlock that potential and to to help them like because everybody needs somebody that believes in them i mean like if you watch ted lasso if you, if you haven't seen it you should watch it phenomenal show and it's not just about soccer even though soccer is a big part of it like it's got a lot of really good messages and like one of those messages is belief if you have people that believe in you man anything's possible you could do anything. So I think that for a coach coming in, it's, you got to believe in those kids. I mean, whoever takes over at Taylor, you got to, 
you got to water the grass, man. Is that something that uh, a lot of people said, like me coming in there was like, oh, they suck. There's nothing there. Um, you're not going to get anything out of them. Like all those kids are they're undisciplined. I'm a strong believer that wherever you water the grass, it's going to grow. So if you, if you take care of the grass and, and you take care of the yard and you water it, you're going to reap some rewards or you'll, you'll, you'll bear some fruit. So if, if you're a, a fisher of men and you want to see people grow, man, high school coaching is for you or coaching in general is for you because awesome. it's, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it, Christian. Thank no, you. No, hey, no, thank you. And don't forget everybody, you know, uh, just check out Cuatro Cuatro Dos everywhere you can. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Have a good one. Have a good one, man. Peace.